Hello, and welcome to Faculty Feed with me, Dr. Jerry Rabelais, Associate Vice President for Health Science Center Faculty Development at the University of Louisville. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Stacy Sainer, Director of HSC Faculty Development, and Dr. Laura Weingartner, Director of Research for Faculty Health Professions Education. Once a week, we're going to come together to use this podcast to bring faculty development content to feed your hunger and satisfy your appetite so you can magnify your impact as an educator, clinician, researcher, and academic leader. So today we're welcoming Dr. Becky Gessler, who's an assistant professor at the University of Louisville School of Nursing. So we're talking about something super exciting today. It's this really innovative way to introduce scholarship and dissemination to learners on the HSC that you might be able to model with your own own learners. So Becky, welcome. Thank you for having me. So I think a a good place maybe to start is to tell us about your backstory. I know you've had 22 years of teaching experience. Uh, What made you want to go into nursing and into education specifically? Well, I've graduated from UofL, so coming back to UofL to teach was like my end goal career dream. But I graduated in the in the 80s, 1986. But when I started college at UofL, my major was not nursing. It was fine arts with a French minor. Wow. And so I have a little art background, and that's why I like creative teaching projects a lot. After about a year of working towards my fine arts degree in French minor, I realized I was probably going to need a more stable career. So in 1982, there was a massive nursing shortage. And back when you would look in the one ads in the newspaper, it was like a huge section. So I pulled out the one ads and perused the job postings there and nursing kept repeating itself over and over. And I was like, well, maybe I'll be a nurse. I took all of my science prereqs in one summer and got into UofL in that same year. And I graduated in 86. Interestingly, I went into pediatrics. I've been in pediatrics my whole life with a brief stint in adult rehab. But pediatrics wasn't my favorite thing in nursing school. It was trauma and adult health. But for whatever reason, I went to the hospital and got a job and I stayed there. That's amazing. So I have a kind of a varied experience in nursing in peds. When I started, children's what we were not yet in that building. We were still in the Norton building. So we were kind of spread out all over the Norton structure as you know it now. And I was on med surge, but when we came over, I went to what was then the TCU transitional care and burn unit and I stayed there until the 1988 Carrollton bus crash where I was burn unit charge nurse for the very first time. And then after that, I transferred to the pediatric ICU and I stayed there, left, finished my master's, came back to the emergency department and then left again to teach. What made you decide to leave to teach that final time? I was always the nurse in the PEDS ICU that students were put with to learn when they were doing clinical or new graduates, and I enjoyed that. I liked teaching how great pediatrics really could be. And so someone just said to me one day, have you ever thought about teaching clinicals? And I was like, well, maybe I will. So I did for a very small college in South Central Kentucky. And I had a mentor there who knew that I would be a good teacher. I did not know that. She knew that and she kept pushing me and pushing me and I got in a master's program in nursing administration and education and that was like my beginning of this now career and I have always been a teacher but I needed the formal mm-hmm. the formal plan. 
So we brought you here today to talk about a program that you put on, which was a review of literature, pediatric evidence-based poster session. So can you tell us a little bit about this project? When I took over as course coordinator, I looked at all of the assignments and I like the creative assignment. And so paper writing, while it can be creative, is not my idea of the most creative topic out there. So I started looking around and what I ended up doing was I talked to the doctoral faculty and I said, if a student graduates from the BSN program, moves to the doctoral program, what do you want them to know? I said, do you want them to know how to write a paper or do you want them to do, you know, know how to look at literature? What is it you want? So I asked uh, Dr. Fran Harden Fanning her thoughts and she said, that once they got to the doctoral program, they would teach them how to write, so maybe just teaching them how to look at literature. But I wanted them not just to look at it, but to be able to articulate the topics. And I wanted them to be current, relevant topics, to like right now, not something I thought was great. I could give them those, but what other people thought might be great. So I decided to do a poster. I like posters. I present posters several times a year at different conferences, and I can use my creativity in there and I can also but it also requires some critical thinking and I wanted to make sure that that was part of the assignment so I came up with the template for the students and made the rubric for the assignment for articles current so and that tends to be the struggle sometimes I called everybody I knew in the various hospitals and particularly children's and said give me three topics you would wish somebody on your unit would investigate and they did so I ended up with about 50 topics the first time and then on the second I do it every semester so on the second time I did it I removed the topics that were done a lot the first time and came up with new topics and I even asked people out in the adult world you know because there are things that could crossover between pediatrics and adults, you know, self-care and things like that. And that's how I came up with this assignment. So it's these are third semester nursing students Correct. that are doing this project, mm-hmm. and they're taking the literature, they're having to summarize the literature, and then essentially create what, what a lot of people that do scholarly work would think of, like you said, as a conference poster. Mm-hmm. Um, who are they presenting this for? They present it for their classmates. So as they're standing presenting their information, I'll go and say, two of you come out, go around, because I want them to learn all of these topics. There's not time to teach all of those in the course of a semester. They are also presenting it to the faculty, all of the individual staff, and then our HSC community but also I invite everybody I know from a hospital in the city to come. So VA came, university came, Jewish came, children's administrators, educators came, people in charge of the Norton SNAP program that uh, you know sees our students regularly came, uh, professional organizations, other educators from other schools came. So this is incorporating not only current events because you have all of these hot topics that clinicians are are giving you but you're teaching the students how to uh, get into the literature and then you're also teaching them about dissemination so this project is so innovative because it's checking off all of those pieces without uh, you know i think when i think about presenting a conference poster or someone getting an opportunity to practice dissemination in my mind, you would have to do a research project before you do that, and that's really limiting. But this is a really innovative way to get around that. I would also say, if you look at the research on engagement, 
So making assignments and work engaging for the students, one of the top, top things that engages the learner to go deep and do well in an assignment is that idea of presenting to an external audience, not necessarily presenting to you, but presenting to outside stakeholders. So for them, they're possibly presenting to their future employers. That truly ups the importance of this as far as engagement for the learner and how they are going to want to do well on this process. Right. And several of the students on the first time, there were 118 students in that particular class. And so we had 26, 27 posters. Several of those students did get jobs that day. They got an offer for an interview, interviewed shortly thereafter, and they were still in third semester. So we didn't even move to the fourth semester where we really talk about jobs. Jobs And they got jobs from VA or people from Baptist came and said, I'd really like to interview you. The students also had a requirement to be professionally dressed. Mm -hmm. My daughter is a psychologist at Frazier and she's presented often. So I took some of her pictures of her presenting and the psychology association and said, this is how you should look. And uh, I was just almost amazed at how great the students really looked, but they were so excited about that because normally you see them in their scrubs or you see them in, you know, regular casual clothes, but this time they got to up that just a little bit and they were so proud of the fact that they were dressed up and we made sure we took everyone's picture with their poster. Everybody got a copy of that. They got a copy of their poster so they could use it later in the fourth semester when they create their LinkedIn profile. So every LinkedIn profile I graded, so 118 that semester, had that poster on there and said, I presented this poster. Here's what my poster was about. Fantastic. And so part of the assignment, though I like the creativity of it, was also to give them a professional boost. Uh, So when they get out there in that somewhat competitive world of pediatrics, pediatrics is the most competitive area, I think, in nursing, they would be likely to land a job. Many of them in that class did. Becky, I remember you invited us Mm -hmm. uh, to, to these presentations, and I know I was struck by how professional they looked, how they acted, their demeanor and interaction with not just us, but with, I could watch the others as well. So you did a fantastic job getting them ready with real world practical skills beyond the jeans and t-shirt in class to the point where they looked and acted like nurse educator professionals. So congratulations Thank on you. that. Thank you. Maybe just to give you, give the listeners an idea, how did you set up or, or how was the session set up? How many, how many posters are presented? How many students are there? The first time that we did it, there were 118 students and about 27 posters. We are lucky in the School of Nursing to have two very uh, interactive classrooms. I was not assigned to teach in those classrooms. My class is too large for, and I'd have to take both, which would be impossible. So for the individuals who had those rooms assigned to them, I found a different classroom for them that day, and they were all very happy to move their class that day to allow us to move into those rooms because we didn't want students to print poster. You know, it needed to be digital. So we did that. IT came, helped all of our students get their poster up and presented, and then they stood at those tables 
and was prepared to answer questions that anybody might have. And so that's the same way it was in the spring, and it, it will be that same way in the fall. And, and that might actually be bearing the lead of, of one of the really innovative pieces of this session is it, it can be such a barrier to do a, um, a poster session like this, you're essentially replicating a conference because it costs here $75 to print a pa- paper poster, 120 to do a fabric poster. That is a lot of money right. and for a class project. But having uh, using the digital screens and using the resources that we have available on the HSC campus made that absolutely um, a viable project. I was really impressed with that. So uh, what were the student reactions to this session? I really worried about that because this was new. They really they took a course in evidence-based practice. They they looked at literature, and I thought, what will they think about the presentation part? That makes every student so anxious. But amazingly, they loved it. They loved everything about it. And at graduation, the outstanding student gave a little shout out about them. He said, my most favorite part of school was our poster presentation. I was so excited about that. And um, they really liked it. Now, there were some challenges to the assignment, but what I wanted to do is to make sure the student students got good timely feedback throughout the whole course, not at the last minute where they're already busy and they can't get things together because there's so many things to do. So between the two instructors, myself and my co-teacher, we divided the students up. I took part, she took part, and we met with them weekly, either on teams or right after class, we would meet with them or maybe sometimes just communicate by email. So what feedback did you get from other nursing faculty who went through the session? They were somewhat surprised by the thing. It's large. It's like attending a poster session at at a conference. It's exactly how it is. And I've asked faculty for feedback. Tell me, you know, what do you think about this idea? How does this sound to you? And they've all been so receptive. I mean, I couldn't have asked for better coworkers. You mentioned that you were doing weekly check-ins with the teams. Is that manageable for you, or is that? (laughs) I I provide clinical oversight for some of the groups, so I have to go to their clinical and I go and I spend a lot of time with the students there, hour, two hours, and sometimes we would talk about it there. But it is manageable. I have a great co-teaching partner who's part-time faculty. We kind of revamped our assignment and gave better timelines, you know, have the articles to us by a certain date for approval. We approved every article. No one used an article that did not get our stamp of approval. We approved all the articles. Then we're going to have them submit a draft poster. We have a whole day where they're, where I was able to juggle content around and they're going to come in and they're going to put the poster up in front of the class and the class is going to give feedback on their poster to them. I feel like that's a great way for you to also stay on top of the current literature too. If you're like, it's two birds with one stone in that case. It is. I, I like to read about new things in pediatrics that I can bring into class or, you know, create another assignment with. It worked out great because the topics that people gave to me, some of them, for example, I was truly fascinated by using warmed IV fluids during a sickle cell crisis, which I've taken care of lots of kids in a sickle cell crisis, but I never thought of the fact that warmed fluids was going to vasodilate them and create a better outcome. I get to look at the literature and keep up to date on these things too. So it is a win-win. Laura, you've already articulated several of the reasons why this was such a 
a good project because it touched so many aspects of what they needed to learn. But in addition to that, the way you built feedback in on a regular basis, so many times we're as faculty guilty of the feedback happens at the end. And it's either in the form of a test or some kind of summative. Six weeks later, somebody tells you what you did wrong six weeks ago. This gave them real-time feedback, which is something, certainly at the School of Medicine, we get labeled as not doing well uh, by our students and residents. And so, so congratulations on building that in as well. And so you, you covered a lot of teaching ground uh, with this way you approach this, uh, this particular project. So thank you for that. You had mentioned that students do take a course about uh, literature review. How does that compare or how does that supplement this session? If they did not have that prior to this course, I don't think the project would be as successful. So I am very grateful for the faculty who teach that evidence-based course. I feel like they have to have that first because they do dig into the literature mm -hmm. there and they decide what is evident, what's good evidence versus not great evidence. And so they know that already. Many of them said, oh, I had this course and I remember learning about this in there. And it's just one semester prior. So it's still fresh in their mind. It's a good match. So if we ever flipped it around, it wouldn't be a, as easy. That makes sense. And I, I really like the idea of you're extending something that prior knowledge prior skill that they gained about looking at the literature so you're extending that further and so it's another chance for them to practice that skill it's another chance to you know and work on something new in addition to that i think it's important that we remember we need to carry through what you learn from the beginning all the way to the end uh, we don't want to work in just this like pediatric silo i reference what they might have learned in the very first semester in a skills lab all the time when i'm teaching because it's, it's a carry-through. It's not by itself. I, I hear this a lot from medical faculty, I think more, but the idea of I don't have time to do something like this because it's going to take away from the content. Look at all they gained from that because, you know what, sometimes there is a time and place to let put the content aside and let's work on some other really important skills. They're going to get that content. They're going to get it. But digging deep into a particular situation or, you know, abnormality or whatever they're looking at, they're going to gain a depth of knowledge in a certain area, whether in class it's very superficial. And so by doing that alone, I think you are, are doing a great service to our nursing students. Stacy, the other thing this does is this this uh, provides the the foundation for developing critical thinking skills. Oh, one hundred percent. So that if if all they knew were facts and all they knew were technical skills, and didn't have the ability to in the moment say, I think this is what's going on here. I better do something, alert somebody, whatever the decision has to be. It allows them to have a far more richer understanding of an issue and be able to intervene as a nursing professional. So Becky, what do you wish that students and faculty knew about scholarship and dissemination? 
there's a multitude of ways to dig into the and be scholarly. It doesn't have to be a written paper. It doesn't have to be a podium presentation. A lot of our students are going to move into master's and doctoral programs. There's a heavy drive to be a nurse practitioner or a CRNA or whatever it might be or in education. And I felt like the poster would be something they would do all the time. But I also know that in the hospital, your unit-based council might present a poster somewhere. And so I wanted them to go to work having already done that. So when they're asked to do it early in their career in the hospital, they would be ready for that. So Becky, if someone wanted to see this poster session and stop by, is anyone from the HSC welcome? And, and when is the next session? Everyone is welcome, and they should bring friends. Uh, it's <laughs> November 14th, and it'll start at 930 in the School of Nursing. We'll have somebody at the door to guide people to the area, and it's essentially a walkthrough. People can come anytime between 930 and 12 noon and visit the posters. That's amazing. I will be there for sure. I will be there. So, Becky, one of the one of the things I think our audience ought to appreciate is the, the global applicability of this approach. How would you encourage faculty from the other HSC schools to consider this kind of approach in their uh, educational toolkit? For me, and this will apply to everyone, there was so much content that I wanted the student to know when they left pediatrics and not enough time to present it. So if I created an assignment with those topics there, it would be, everyone would learn it. And so I think the people who are interested in doing that you, you almost just have to take a leap of faith and know that it's probably going to be okay. And if it isn't, it's okay that it isn't. You'll get better the next time. If people want to change their assignments, you know, maybe do something different, they should attempt this poster session. Almost every professional group will present a poster at some point in their life. Sure. And it is helpful if you presented it as a student because you're prepared to present it as a professional. Uh, and then I'm always available to be to help people. I would love to guide people and help them with that assignment. As you know, podcasts are generally, you know, this passive listening, you know. We don't like passiveness around here. So let's make it more active. So what would you challenge our listeners to do within the next week of uh, listening to this? To come up with a creative assignment. doesn't have to be a poster. could be what I mentioned, a board game, a book, whatever it might be. Uh, a podcast, yeah. you know, something <laughs> along those lines, uh, for their students to just try it one time to see how it works. It won't be perfect. The first poster session was not perfect. It was probably as close as it could be, but the second one got better, and I'm hopeful the third one will be best, but to try something new. Most students today are come from a background in um, high school, middle school, elementary school, where lecturing from the PowerPoint's not gonna reach them anymore. It has to be an engaged event the entire time. So create something engaging, try it one time, tweak it and see how it works. Well, thank you so much for being here, Becky. And we can't wait to see you at the Review of Literature Pediatric Evidence-Based Poster Session in November. Thank you. Are you responsible for curriculum or even a single talk? Join us next Friday on Faculty Feed as Stacy and I walk through a curriculum design approach called Understanding by Design. Next Friday, be there. If you want to up your game as a professional educator or to enhance your leadership skills in the academic setting, this is the place to be. 
as together we strive to make UofL a great place to learn, a great place to work, and a great place to invest. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links and additional information from today's session, as well as our email address. Feel free to contact us at facfeed at louisville.edu. That's F-A-C-F-E-E-D at louisville.edu. Join us next time for more and come hungry.